You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Jeff Halley in Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. And good afternoon from a very rainy and thundery Asia. Markets seemingly at the moment, Jeff, dependent on the latest coronavirus news. We saw a big rally in the US and Europe yesterday. What about where you are today. Not quite as healthy those rises, are they? Yeah, we're seeing a lot more caution in Asia today. Asian stock markets are either flat or slightly up on the day. They certainly haven't bought into that huge rally uh, in New York overnight, which I believe was just uh, the buy the dip mafia just not being able to resist any longer, well, particularly because the news wires themselves were fairly quiet on Omicron headlines. Also, Joe Biden did mention that uh, there is a chance they will get something done with their Build Back Better uh, program in January, so he hasn't given up on that. That was as good a reason to take back some of those big uh, shorts uh, as anything, and we saw a large rally in oil and stocks overnight. Asia has been here before with Delta. They know what the economic outcome was for the region, and I believe that is why there's less exuberance uh, and less uh, blind following by Asian markets today. And of coronavirus, we're getting lots of mixed messages at the moment as to what governments around the world intend to do over the next few days and weeks, uh, whether or not hospitalizations are going to become a big problem and, of course, affect the economy. It is very confusing, isn't it? It depends which country you look at. I mean, here in the UK, we've just decided to reduce the uh, isolation from 10 days to 7 days. But I hear in other parts of the world they're doing the opposite. Yeah, like in where I'm from, New Zealand, they've lengthened the, the, the time in Manhattan quarantine again. They've postponed the travel corridor with uh, Australia, which was supposed to start in February. And uh, they're, they're probably the reopening of the borders in April is going to get pushed back as well. Meanwhile, when you look in Australia, uh, the hospitalizations, according to the Prime Minister, are very low. But cases in New South Wales, for example, are, are rising and they're at 3,000 cases a day at the moment. So you're correct, very different responses. The thing in the UK is, is Prime Minister Johnson going to impose a circuit breaker after Christmas, not before Christmas. That could be a bit too late, in my opinion. Uh, so, yes, there's a lot of confusion here. And when you look at the context of we're not really quite sure what Omicron is here. Is it worse than Delta? Is it the same as Delta with severity? We know it's more contagious. Our hospitalizations going up. We're in a December market with reduced liquidity. So when you look at the volatility that we've seen in markets, it's not really a surprise when you put all of those factors together. And what's happening at the moment in terms of the effect on commodity markets like oil? Well, oil had a giant rally last night. They rose by about 3%, Brent and Brent crude and, and WTI, and that was in line with the big rally in Wall Street stocks. But when you look at the price action in oil at the moment, very much a lot of fast money FOMO, tail chasing, uh, oil moving on sentiment as well. Yesterday, the sentiment was positive. Oil went up along with equities. If we have another bad headline in Omicron this afternoon, I'm sure that will very quickly reverse. I do believe that oil has an underlying base to it, though, because as I've said before, OPEC Plus have left their last December meeting open, and they left it open specifically so that they have the option of reconvening and immediately 
cutting back on production hikes or even reducing production on a headline basis to support prices should any sell-offs get out of hand like they did with the initial Omicron sell-off in late November. I think if uh, Brent crude was to move towards 65, we're almost certainly going to see OPEC do something. So I think despite the noise and the volatility in oil markets, there is an underlying uh, physical support from OPEC Plus for oil prices at the moment. We're just a couple of days away from Christmas Eve. I get the impression that things are a little bit quieter. Is that the case? Are people packing up for Christmas and going away and having long lunches? I, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, when you look at the volatility in uh, Asian equities today, for example, all the movement has happened uh, this morning. Nothing's happened this afternoon at all. And currency markets are extremely quiet, hardly moved as well. Commodity markets have been very, very quiet as well. Uh, so I, I believe that there's been a lot of book closing uh, done now in Asia this week. And we're going to see that certainly in Europe, who have a much longer holiday break than Asia does uh, as far as the seasonal holidays go. So I'm not expecting uh, too much uh, from intraday volatility. Having said that, the, the drop in liquidity will cause much sharper than normal moves if we do get some headline surprises. So I think for the listeners, I think it's very careful. You have to be very careful not to get caught up in that noise because uh, potentially we could have a lot of whipsaw price action and false moves up and down. And I think that will be the theme for the rest of the month. Well, this is the last time we're going to be speaking in 2021, Jeff, before the big break. So it'd be great to get your view on what you think is going to happen big big question in 2022 um get your crystal ball out and uh, give us the jeff halley perspective please well i think 2021 was characterized by a, a, a an uneven recovery in, in in the world's economy that was uh severely disrupted in some parts of the world including asia by the delta variant outbreak around the the mid-year Omicron is TBA, but assuming that we can move through this, I think the underlying theme for uh, the, certainly the first half of next year will be the normalisation of Federal Reserve monetary policy, i.e. Uh, an accelerated taper that will finish by uh, the end of March and then potentially three rate hikes in 2022 and maybe even more if inflation stays less temporary than uh, what what is being believed at, at the moment. I believe that will uh, cause a reassessment about the valuations of uh, certain, tech, uh, certain uh, equity uh, sectors, most especially the technology sector because if you can earn more money in the bank than you can from a technology stock yield-wise, those valuations may come under pressure and we'll see a lot more two-way action there. It won't be a buy everything and close your eyes rally like we saw in 2021. I think the dollar also has the potential to move substantially higher uh, on the back of uh, the tightening monetary policy. And also uh, US yields, and that will fall, follow, that will flow through, I'm sorry, into higher rates in many other parts of the world. So uh, we will be getting back to something resembling uh, normality after two years, and it'll be very interesting to see uh, what the market reacts to that, because the spigot of unlimited 0% money coming out um, will certainly be closing up substantially in 2022. Normal would be good, wouldn't it? 
I would love normal. I would love normal. I'd love to be able to get on a plane and go home and see my family and all that stuff as well. You know, life is what it is at the moment. But uh, yes, I think uh, we can take uh, any sign of a movement towards normality as a win for everybody. And this time next year, what will the interest rates be, roughly? Well, in the US, I, I believe that uh, they'll be somewhere approaching uh, 1.75% 1. for food funds. And I think the curve will flatten. So I believe that 10 and 30-year yields will be around between 2 and and 3%. Europe will probably stay on hold as long as they can. They may pop in one, one rate hike. The UK rates will be higher. I believe they're going to have to play catch-up. Uh, in Asia, I don't think rates are going to move very far, to put you honest, because it's quite clear that the central banks in this area are prepared to accept stagflationary conditions, i.e. Uh, inflation running higher than, than growth, in order to support the economic recovery. So I'm not seeing much here, but countries such as Australia, and particularly New Zealand, may well be playing catch-up on, uh, on, on rate hikes as well. OK, Jeff, have a really good holiday, and we'll speak to you in 2022. And to you, and a Happy New Year to all of our listeners, and have a wonderful holiday season.